This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I got my buddy Jason Baldus. What's up, JB? How you doing, BG? I'm doing good, man. It's fun to be with you today. Likewise. I'm looking forward to it. You, uh, so Jason Baldus, Certified Financial Planner. That's a big deal. It's a big, very big deal. But why don't you uh, maybe talk to our listeners that may not know exactly who Jason Baldus is um, about your professional background and how you got into financial services. Sure. Well, I'll try to give you the uh, short version of the story. So as you know, um, started out in uh, education. So I was a yep. teacher and coach. So uh, I remember being 18 years old and you know trying to figure out what you want to do the rest of your life. Yeah. And um, I love playing sports, so you know started playing soccer. Uh, played junior college soccer for a couple of years, and <clears throat> my dad. I remember I told him I was going to be a teacher, and you know I think he was disappointed. He would admit it, you know, <laughs> uh, now. But I think at the time he was probably disappointed and thought that maybe you know I could do more. And not that there's anything wrong with being a teacher, of course. A lot of educators in my family, but. Um, that's what I wanted to do. So I started out teaching and coaching and, um, I really enjoyed it and loved the relationships with the kids. So, um, you know, one thing, you know, it's such a huge impact too. you make, right? Huge impact. You know, my mom was a teacher and so, um, I was excited just to, you know, have the ability to, um, have an impact on, on kids' lives. You know, I was uh, teaching, uh, physical education and health. I was really passionate about, you know, helping kids leave, uh, lead a, a lifestyle that was not, you know, sedentary and yeah. uh, getting them active. So um, that's what I did. And, you know, I just remember, you know, it's funny the things now that we have kids and, you know, what you tell them that things that stick and yeah. things maybe that don't. But I can remember being probably 10 years old and we were driving. My dad coached a lot of my teams and he, he said to me, you know, Two, I can remember exactly where we are and where we were in the car. And he said, two of the most important things, you know, in, in life are your relationships with God, your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. Mm. And so... Um, that's, good, that's good advice. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, I've never told him that, but that, for whatever reason, that stuck. And so, um, so that was my attraction to getting into education. And and uh, my wife and I started having kids and, and uh, came to this crossroads in my life where I wanted to do something different and... Had a relationship with you already in financial services and was looking to make a change and you know you said hey why don't you take a look at my at my <laughs> industry and so yeah I was scared to death at the Remember time you had grace was a baby max was about uh about I think maybe three days old when we started talking about that. Yeah. And uh, I remember sitting in Max's bedroom and we were talking about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny in hindsight looking back, but was scared to death to, to make that change. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was great, you know, but uh, this, this industry had 
you know, the opportunity to maintain those relationships, you know, and in teaching and coaching, you might have those kids for a few years. For me, coaching at the high school level, I had them for four years, yeah. and maybe I taught them in middle school for a couple, but then they went on their way, and that was it. So what I love about this business is I have, you know, really you know, lifetime relationships yeah. with, with people. So Wouldn't you think there's still a lot of parallels, though, between the coaching and the teaching to, I mean, at the high school level to now – coaching and teaching clients right yeah no doubt it's um just a different subject matter right and so um to me now this business is very simple uh, a lot of things that i probably take for granted that i understand a lot of people you know right. do not and so it's just finding a way to communicate that information uh everyone learns differently and so i think it's understanding um you know the student uh, so that you can you know, get the information across yeah. and, and help them help them grow right and yep. their learning and and understanding so I say this about teachers because and because uh, I don't have a lot of patience but I have uh, but I but you do and so I think uh, well at least I don't know what it's like at home with five kids but um, yeah. five kids can you believe that <laughs> um, and so um, but that the patience I think is a big deal for what we do right and I, I've seen you for gosh since 14 years now we've worked side by side of watching you with clients, the emails, the communication, all the stuff that you do with people, right? And I think that patience is a really big deal, especially with what we're we're seeing right now in the market, sure. right? I mean, and so would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I know my patience gets tested, and, you know, yeah. thankfully I have a uh, loving wife that, you know, <laughs> we are, are good, um, you know, balance for one another uh that if i start to lose my patience she keeps me in check and, yeah. and vice versa but uh you do you have to have patience and you know i think perspective is a good um you know word to we all need to keep in mind um that you know we take a step back from the situation that we're in if it's a kid throwing a tantrum you know or the market throwing a tantrum and uh people overreacting that we have to take a step back and have some perspective That's about right. the big picture so, uh, talking about this cfp certified financial planner what does that mean? What's the requirements? How does one become a CFP? Because I, I can't just like show up tomorrow and take a test, I would assume. Is that a fair statement? That, that's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, it's it's a, just a designation. Um, you know, for me, it started uh, when I was early in my career. Uh, I, I was originally 6 and 63 uh, series licensed, and I remember um, – a client asked me to purchase a stock and it was something at that time I couldn't do. I said, Hey, let me you know, get a colleague of mine and we can do that for right. you. And so that feeling uh, made me very uneasy. I didn't, I didn't ever want to be in a position again to not be able to deliver something right. that the client wanted. And so, um, I went on, got my series seven and, um, I was, I felt like I was doing financial planning. Um, but I really wanted to have the credentials to back it up. And so I started that process. Um, it was about an 18 month process, wow. uh, from start to finish for me, everyone's got a little sure. different, um, path, but, uh, I did the pre-work through the American college It required, uh, sitting for studying exams, um, everything from the principles of financial planning, uh, education planning, investments, income taxes, uh, estate planning, uh, retirement accumulation and distribution planning to, uh, and she had to take exams for all of those as prerequisites. Yeah. Um, and I had started that. It's funny looking back because it was in 2014. And so, you know, Visionary was uh, started yeah. uh, shortly thereafter. And, and um, you know, in hindsight, I think I've blocked out that period of my life because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I basically resigned from my former position. And six days later, we broke ground on our, on our house yeah. and uh, was going through the CFP. We had a 
seven month old at the time, our fourth child. And so life was crazy. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, just embrace the chaos. Yeah. But um, so after you sit there and go through all those exams, then you have, I studied for probably a month, uh, and then you have to sit for a 170 question exam that's, uh, you know, two, three hour sessions over the course of a day. Yeah. So it's a big so, deal. Hard test, very, very sure. time intensive. And I think it's it's neat too because nobody said you had to do this. This is the work that you wanted to put in and get that credential and, and know that you'd be better for your client. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So what did you good. learn through that process? If you look at all the tests, the hundreds of hours of studying that you put into that, what was your biggest learning, you think? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, I thought I was doing financial planning, um, but my learning through that was, you know, beyond the financial planning process. So the CFP board, you know, lays out what they would uh, describe as their planning process, which is, you know, understanding the client's circumstances and, uh, you know, personally and financially and what their goals are, identifying those goals, selecting and prioritizing those goals. And then as the advisor, we have to um, develop, you know, recommendations, right, and present those recommendations, help the client implement those recommendations, and then, you know, continue to monitor and, and follow through. So for me, the learning was, I think, on the bookends of those, um, especially on the front end. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I think our industry, uh, you know, there are a lot of advisors um you know, who aren't really advising their clients They're selling something right and that was me right i mean early in my career it was you know i had just left teaching and coaching and came into a, a career with uh i had to provide for my family with a, yeah. a wife and a one-year-old at home so um but the reality is you know there are a lot of um you know insurance product brokers and investment product brokers and and it's not their fault necessarily it's the training yeah. um of where they are and so you know, they say, hey, you know, if you were a new prospect, hey, Brett, nice to meet you. You know, let me sell you this insurance product. Or, hey, Brett, nice to meet you. How much money do you have? Yeah. And and they don't spend enough time to really understand the client. And so for me, through that process was taking time to slow down and, and to have a dialogue, right? Rather than a monologue of me asking you a question that I already know the answer to. Right. Uh, or me asking you a question to set you up to, to provide an answer. Um, it's genuinely asking questions that I'm curious to know yeah. because I want to hear your story. Yeah. So, um, so that's a part of it on the front end is just the discovery. Everyone has a story. That's what I love about this business it is hearing people's story, their past story, how they got to where they are today, mm -hmm. what their present story is, what is, you know, what's their chaos and what are they living through today? And then what's in their mind's eye for their future, right? And, and what's important to them. So, um, and whether they become a client or not, I think I love I, my first meetings and what I call my discovery meetings are um, what I enjoy about my career the most, probably. And so because not everyone becomes a client, but I just feel like if you give, um, you know, a mentor uh, of mine in the past said, you know, when our interactions with people are like fingerprints and, and we don't leave somebody the same. Right. Yeah. Every time we touch something, we're leaving fingerprints and so we can either lift them up a little bit than when you found it that's right so it doesn't matter whether it's me interacting with a client or you know it's going through the uh, checkout line at the grocery store that you know i want to do something to lift that person up that's great so if i'm if i come in i'm, I'm the potential client let's say my wife and i come in we sit down with jason baldus certified financial planner uh, i meet with you what 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 should i expect right if i if i'm looking for that planner today and i'm listening to this and i just don't know what to expect from sitting down with you sure yeah um i get a lot of you know 
people asking, what should I be prepared for in the first meeting? What should I bring? And, yeah. and I have a lot of uh, prospects that come in and they've got a, you know, binder full of, you know, statements and, and information and that stuff's great. And a lot of times they want to, they want to buy, bypass the the process mm-hmm. and so again it really comes with I start and I'm very transparent I talk about I give my background um, and I try not to spend too much time on that but I think it's important, important that people yeah. know who they're dealing with who who is Jason Baldus where am I from how did I get to where I am today what's my story so I think that helps people um, you know when you're transparent then uh, and vulnerable then they they tend to be as well so it helps you know, people put their guard down. So I usually start and I always have an agenda for my first meetings and that's at the beginning is just introduction. So uh, I start there. I, I talk about our firm, who we are, uh, what we represent, and uh, talk about how we're compensated. Um, that's, you know, I think also something in our industry that uh, is getting better, but there's, you know, some lack of transparency. And so that's where we start. And if then I can interrupt you real quick. Though, sure. I think that's important because it, it, like whether you're buying a, I don't know, a watch or a, a phone or whatever. It, it'd be nice to know exactly what that man or woman makes. And I, you know, obviously we work together, so I know this answer. But sure. when when I walk out of there as that potential client, so I'll know exactly how you get paid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how do you think that makes people feel? Uh, good. I think, and certainly we get challenged on that from time to time. That people think they can manage, you know, their own money sure. maybe better than we can and and save a percent or whatever the case might be. And and course that's debatable right Right. but i think uh, again i would rather uh, that be discussed and and um, addressed on the front end of the relationship as opposed to you know either one of us uh, me as the advisor potential client spending time and then that being a sticking point for them so right yeah so i think it's important i mean i think the the more you know right the more information the more data i've got the the better i can feel about it so no doubt i know lots of people clients that come in and they have no idea what they're paying their advisor Right. right. So yeah. that's important. So anyway, so I cut you off. So that's, that's that process. So, so yeah. So then from there, once I go through my you know background and, and um, all of that information, then I really turn over to them and I start asking questions again, those questions that I'm genuinely interested in knowing the answers to, yeah. uh, to understand their story and, you know, what are their pain points? You know, what keeps them up at night to understand, um, you know, and help them prioritize, you know, what they should be doing. And um, while the data is important, you know, that stuff is really secondary. Right. So like what's uh, in my 401k, correct. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. a lot of times our first meetings are just a very casual conversation like this. And, you know, I can always collect the data. They can, yeah. you know, Emailing. send it to me through yeah. screen email and, and, you know, we can gather that. So, um, and I just tell clients, you know, we can run as slow or as fast as you want. Some people are very eager to get money out of either former employer, you know, plans or they're, you know, uh, anxious because they just, you know, had something changed that they need to address with insurance or whatever the case might be, you know, we can do that. And, and I'll put those at the top of the list, uh, for what's important to them. So, sure. um, so after the discovery, they can expect an email from me. I try to summarize, uh, I have a client who I've actually known you know, personally for some time and, and they, you know, came in for a meeting and I sent them our, uh, my summary email, if you will, from the discovery, and I can remember her saying to me, "Gosh, it's really weird to see, you know, your whole life, you know, story <laughs> biography, right. if you will, in an email." And but she was very appreciative of it, and and I think it's it's uh, it's good. So, but I think uh, that also says you're listening, right? My my eighth grade history teacher, Mr. Harshberger, always just say you have you get two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. No doubt. And I yeah. think as an advisor, it's people can be guilty sometimes. Let me tell you everything I know, right? 
how smart I am and what I know about the markets and all that. But right. yet people just want you to be quiet and listen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to be heard. Right. Yeah. Everyone likes attention and they want to feel loved and they want to know that people care. And so I think, you know, when you um, walk out of a meeting and, and, you know, you were the one who was doing a lot of the talking and it just generally you, you feel better. And right. so, um, let's the advisor doing all the talking and then right. you're like, Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe right. I talk too much. Right. Um, so, you know, being a certified financial planner, um, you know, and we do comprehensive wealth management, comprehensive financial planning here at visionary. So what, what is that? What does it mean if somebody says, Jason, I, I, I hear this, I read about this. I want to, I want a written financial plan. What does that What does that mean? Yeah. So, um, I think part of it is just addressing every aspect of, of a client's life, and so um, making sure that their actions are in uh, line with their goals and objectives as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as we're sitting here today, and the the market is plunging again, making sure that clients' risk tolerance is is where it needs to be. Uh, you know, we've been talking. I've been talking for years. You know about it's coming. We just don't know when, and right. making sure that clients were prepared for it. And and for those who haven't lived through it, you know, they might have uh, thought that they were tolerant of you know losing twenty to thirty percent. But now that they they are and they're seeing those losses on paper, it's right. it's really a true test. So, um, but I think it's it, comprehensive planning to me is again listening to understand the client and making sure that. They're bulletproof financially, that there's going to be no missile that can sink their ship or take them down uh, from a risk management perspective. And then growing their assets, you know, that are in line, again, with their time horizon and, and their you know, acceptance for, you know, volatility. Um, well, I think look, it's also important, too, is to, to, to do the things that you don't even get paid to do, right? Sure. You're helping clients and in today's market, maybe refinancing a house. Right. right. So, yeah, we've been getting a lot of advice around refinancing lately. Um, I mean, little things, you know, I'm not property casually licensed, but I recommend and have clients uh, look at their home and auto insurance and, you know, we'll send the, those out to bid, if you will, for clients to look at and review to make sure they're paying, you know, they're covered appropriately and they're paying competitive rates, you know, I recommend a liability protection. Uh, there are a lot of risks in this world, but being sued, you know, particularly yeah. here in the counties that we live in in Illinois, that uh, we want to protect our clients' assets, and um, so I'll send them, you know, to their current insurance broker if you know they don't if they want to audit what they have, then you know I send them a couple referrals, yeah. uh, and the same would be true for estate planning, right? So I just had a client; he's an attorney, as a matter of fact, in my office. They have two young children, and you know, they don't have their estate plan done. Yeah. And when I met with them six months ago, that was top of the priority list, and yeah. they still don't have it done. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we as advisors can hold our clients' feet to the fire to get that done, right? The attorney's not going to call them. They can't call and solicit right. their business, right? But as a trusted advisor to our clients, we can do that. We can make the introductions. We can hold them accountable to doing those things that we know uh, create a, a, a sound financial plan. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, like anything in life, right, we need that accountability or just our handheld that says, no, you're going to come to this meeting at, you know, Tuesday at two o'clock and you're going to get it done. Right. right. And, right. And that's important piece. And that, that's a difference, right? I, in my opinion, with a, a wealth management advisor, a senior wealth management advisor like yourself experience, but that you're not in it for the sale, you're in it for the relationship and making sure this whole thing gets done for the client. That that's the critical piece, right? That's the difference Correct. for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
So I walk out of the, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? Well, to that point, I think, you know, so I had a client, unfortunately, uh, she lost her husband uh, about a year and a half ago. And so to the risk management side, so there are a lot of wealth advisors, right, in the business. And if they're not addressing the risk management side, they're, they're really doing their, their clients a disservice. Yep. So uh, her and her husband were saving. They both had retirement plans. Uh, we were saving into IRAs. And he died of a heart attack at 38 years old. And so, um, but she's okay because we had addressed the risk management side, yeah. right? And had addressed the estate planning and made sure that everything was beneficiaried correctly. And so, um, and for me, that's the, you know, a lot of the fulfillment that comes from this you know, yeah. career. And, you know, I mean, sadly, the day after, you know, she lost her husband, I was the one sitting there at her kitchen right. table with her family and, and um, of course, easy. very not easy, very honored to be there, of course, but um, just helping her and you know our clients through emotional times like that and again i can't bring her husband back but you know to know that she's going to be okay financially um gives her that peace of mind that she can continue on well that's what people want to know right i mean am i going to be okay whether it's in retirement if it's death it's disability whatever it may be for sure yeah yeah and i think that's where you know a lot of people they say um you know i mean money just drives everything in our society right and so while money is important it's just a utility Mm -hmm. and you know we have to make sure that we're using it in a way that you know improves our lives um and and again you know i mean our time on this earth is limited right and so you know i'll ask people sometimes if you know and when we get into the discovery conversation and, and what they're doing is you know if if you knew today was your last right or if you knew this was your last week how would you be spending your time and i'm guilty of it too right i mean we all get caught up and our kids' activities and work, and, you know, we feel like, you know, that's just the, the status of, you know, our society now that we're running right. a million different directions. But, you know, if we knew um, that this was our last week, you know, or our last month or year, whatever the case might be, I think, you know, it's important to take a check and how yeah. we, you know, how, how do the scales tip if we look at how we're balancing our lives and, you know, our, the things that are most important to us prioritized appropriately. Yeah. Um, well, I think those things come up in your discovery meeting, right? Right. I mean, you're going to find out what makes them tick. For and, sure. And, and help them stay focused on that. So I know you have a teammate, Selden Martin. He's in our Brentwood office. You were here in our O'Fallon office. Um, you know, how did you guys come together? How do you work together with clients? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's um, it's been a great relationship. So Selden, uh, shortly after we started the firm, uh, he was... Uh, introduced to me through a, a mutual friend. Yeah. And um, you probably remember when we first yeah. met. And... Uh, long story short, he was he was vetting different uh, career options. He had semi-retired and spent most of his career uh, with a big broker-dealer and on the executive committee. So he started in, in the business in the 80s, and when he got on the management path, he couldn't work individually with clients anymore as he was supervising uh, advisors. And so um, once he retired and he, he felt that, you know, he wasn't really at a point in his life. He's, you know, type A, high right. energy, gets up, you know, five o'clock in the morning and he's on the bike and working out and doing research. And, um, and so when he decided to join the firm, then I, he, he and I got together and I just said, Hey, look, I think, you know, there could be some synergy here with, with the two of us at the time, you know, obviously had a lot of insurance background. I was, at that point still i hadn't passed the cfp but i knew i would become almost one there. and was almost there and and um and you know, 
I like to poke fun at his age, but I said, look, you know, Sullivan, you've lived through more markets than I have right. and just, you know, certainly have the experience and the portfolio management. I'm very clear and I tell clients I don't I don't necessarily like doing the portfolio management. I like doing the planning. Again, I'm a relationship guy and so uh, the beauty of, you know, my setup is I have the firm, you know, that I can use and leverage for managing models. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have Selden now as a teammate that uh, is just a little more tactical and right. and using his experience and, and expertise in, in managing portfolios so we can just be more customized than we can at the firm level. And so that's it's really important when you look at taxable accounts uh, and trust accounts where uh, we can harvest losses and just do some things that, that we really can't do at the fir- you know, sure. in the firm model. So, yeah. um, But he and I work you know, very well together. You know, I'm either over there in Brentwood or he's here once a week. You know, we talk uh, multiple times a day. Sure. You know, we have standing meetings um, on the phone where we're doing reviews, uh, him and I, on uh, – priorities in our practice uh, on Mondays, but uh, having a lot of conference calls and talking to clients now, of course, with what's going on, had one this morning. Um, but he really does the portfolio management, uh, a lot of the strategic planning You know, for us as a team. I'm doing the risk management, uh, the, a lot of the financial planning. So um, we're just very, our, our skill sets are very complimentary. Well, to I think one that's another. what's important, right, is the, the yin and the yang. You, right. Your your strengths are his weaknesses, and his weaknesses are her strengths or your weaknesses. Right. 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 Yeah. So um, it's great. I have, we have a great you know business marriage, and uh, really excited about awesome. what we're building. And and uh, I just hope he you know can stay around for a long time. But again, he's got a lot of energy, and and you know first he's doing right. this for a long time. So it's good. Yeah. It's good. Good. Um, so if again you had to talk to our listener right now, and and you had to tell them. You know, kind of the the important things to look for when it comes to a financial plan. And maybe not even look for, but what should they be thinking about right now? Maybe they're looking for a new advisor. Sure. Because a lot of our clients have other advisors that come in and they're just not happy with something. But but what what would you recommend to them? Yeah, so I guess if I were to give advice to anyone who is, you know, vetting financial advisors, they're looking for an advisor, they don't have one, or uh, they're maybe just not sure if they're getting what they should be getting from their current advisor. Um, some of it's what we talked about before, you know, it's, it's very obvious to me now, this, the manipulation and the sales tactics, right. To place a product. Right. And so if, if you're meeting with an advisor and you feel like, you know, they have their own agenda, uh, some of that's, um, you know, you can just tell it's your intuition. Um, but uh, I think asking how they get paid, right, and uh, understanding that is, is important as well. Um, and just going, and I would say, you know, talk to more than one advisor. If, if um, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion, I think that's the hardest part of our business is, sure. you know, people say, I, I've got a guy or a gal and, you know, I'm, I'm happy, but you don't know what you don't know. And so there's no harm, no foul with meeting with somebody to see if, you know, take a second look at your, you know, portfolio construction or, you know, just to make sure that everything's been uncovered. And and I think it's not until that point sometimes that people recognize that maybe they're not getting, you know, comprehensive financial planning and it's been more of a a sale that's been made or, you know. I think trust your gut, right? Sure. It's, we've seen it for a number of years is, is people that They'll come in and say, this is what I'm feeling. Well, it's usually pretty right, right? I feel like I'm getting sold something or they don't really talk about this side of the planning. There, there's a reason. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being on the Circuit of Success. Really love chatting with you. Yeah. And I think obviously people can tell uh, that are either watching this or listening to this, that just, you know, 
your energy and passion for your clients. I mean, it, it's fun to watch, you know, as a, as a leader of an organization to watch you, and especially we've known each other since since college. We won't we won't go yeah. into those stories, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, uh, but it's just fun to watch you, man. It's fun to watch it's you love on your clients and 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 your family growing. So, congrats on all your success and keep up the great work. Thank you, I appreciate it, Brad. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 